Welcome to the Pop Ninja Podcast, where we reminisce about the pop culture of the 70s, 80s, and beyond. From bell-bottom jeans to parachute pants, from Panama Jack shirts to members-only jackets, from Smurfs and Scooby-Doo to Thundar the Barbarian. If you had a Rubik's Cube or a Swatch Watch, was crazy about Max Headroom, or ever wondered who shot JR, then this podcast is where you will feel right at home. Now, jump in the DeLorean time machine and join your hosts, Lisa and Patrick, as they take you on a pop culture adventure through the greatest decades of all time. Hello out there in podcast land and welcome to another totally awesome episode of the Pop Ninja Podcast. I'm Patrick Bennett coming to you from the swamplands of South Louisiana and joining me over Zoom from her bed and breakfast in Pennsylvania is my lovely co-host, Miss Lisa Everett. Hi, Lisa. Hello, Patrick. Today we're visiting with a duo of actors who brought lots of joy to our childhoods. I've mentioned many times how I would get up on a Saturday morning wearing my Shazam underoos, pour me a giant bowl of cereal, and sit on the floor in front of our console TV most of the day watching cartoons and some live-action kids shows as well. I lived for Saturdays back then. So let's welcome actors John Davey and Michael Gray, who both starred in the Saturday morning live-action TV series Shazam. Chosen from among all others by the immortal elders Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, Mercury, Billy Batson and his mentor travel the highways and byways of the land on a never-ending mission to right wrongs, to develop understanding, and to seek justice for all. In time of dire need, young Billy has been granted the power by the immortals to summon awesome forces at the utterance of a single word. Shazam! word which transforms him in a flash into the mightiest of mortal beings, Captain Marvel. Hey guys, how are y'all doing? Doing fine. Doing yeah, thank you so much for taking the time out to visit with us today. Uh, Lisa and I, we're just going to fire off some questions at you guys uh, about your acting careers and stuff so, so the listeners can get to know you a little bit better. So if y'all ready, I'm going to go ahead and uh, start. Okay, Patrick, start. Are you ready? Okay. We're ready. Uh, first of all, I want to know what kind of taste you both have in uh, movies. I'm going to start with John. John, what's your favorite movie of all time? Do you have one? My favorite movie of all time is Lonelier the Brave with uh, Kirk Douglas and Jenna Rollins and Walter Matthau. And, uh, wow, that, that was that was a while back. That was out of the out of the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> but I it still it still ranks as my favorite. That's pretty good. So, Michael, what about you? You have a favorite? I have a lot of favorites, but most of the movies I like watching are comedies because I like to laugh. Yeah. Especially nowadays, you know, and then of course I like superhero movies too, but mostly comedies. Okay. Well, well Lisa, you wanted to ask them about TV shows? Yeah. Well, okay. Um, well, I, I, I wanted to kind of know what his favorite movie was because I like comedies too. So um, I'm a big movie person. So I, was, I, I like hearing what other people like and I've never heard of John's movie ever. So I'll have to check, <laughs> check into that one. You know, so, yeah, it was, um, it was little... <laughs> but I've heard of the actors that were in them. So I, I got that, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. So um, yeah, since Patrick and I are both huge fans of Shazam and the ISIS show, we were wanting to know like what was, were some of your favorite TV shows like from back in the day or even currently? I mean, whatever is your favorite. So like John can go first, I guess too. Oh. We'll, yeah, we'll just stick with that. Oh. Well, I'm, I'm kind of, a, I'm kind of, a, as far as TV shows, my wife and I, get into these uh, like Dateline and 48 Hours and all these uh, uh, 
it's kind of a uh, guilty pleasure watching all these. <laughs> yeah, like uh, the new well, shows. Yeah, are they like the the? Um, well, they're like these murder mysteries that, that usually get solved. And, that are real life stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and they're, they're like, guilt, as I said, guilty pleasures because you think, how can we be sitting here eating popcorn watching this stuff <laughs> when, so, yeah. when actually somebody actually suffered this horrible, but we... Yeah, we yeah and then you, you can't want, you wonder where how they find... A story after story after story that there's like a never-ending supply of, of these type of things I, going on that you don't know are going on and do you really want to know that they're <laughs> I know I know it's horrible yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I know what you mean I've I've watched a few myself yeah and we and we watch a few movies too uh uh like uh, Linda really likes the uh older movies you mean like Turner Classic, like stuff. Yeah, yeah, like Turner Classic. We watch a lot of those. Yeah, I, me too. I love the '30s and '40s. Yeah. 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 That's when I'm. I'm going backwards in time instead of forward. I feel it's. It, I feel like it's better back then. Yeah, I. I, <laughs> I, I we're kind. We're kind of retreating to the rear too. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much, and there's so many things that I've never seen. You know that I remember, like my grandma watching, and I remember when I was like younger watching, like um, like Brigadoon and like older, like uh, African Queen and like those movies. And so I've started oh, yeah. getting into like, um, you know, like like Cary Grant and um, you know, Joan Joan Crawford movies and Betty Davis. Those movies, I, I love those. Um, yeah. Yeah, I do too. But that wasn't really a TV show. But I mean, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Do, is there any current things you watch on like Netflix or any of those? No, I don't even. I don't even have Netflix. No. And yeah. I, I, I'm I'm a computer challenged. Yeah. So I, I we have what I, if I watch something on <clears throat> on the computer, I have to watch it on my TV. I mean, on my computer monitor because I don't know how to fix up my hook up my smart tv with my <laughs> i know computer, those smart so. tvs don't make you feel so smart do they I oh mean, they're way they're way smarter than i am that's yeah. why, that's I, know. I know that's why i have a 27 year old son that lives with us that he does all that stuff because we don't know how to do it either my husband and oh I don't. you're lucky you're lucky yeah that's what they come in handy for yeah so um what about you michael do, do you have uh tv shows currently that you watch or Currently, not really. I mean, I like watching documentaries and things. I like watching the Smithsonian Channel, mm -hmm. you know, documentaries about different locations around the world and nature channels and whatnot. As far as old TV shows, I had a lot of favorites back then. I loved The Odd Couple. I loved MASH. I loved Hogan's Heroes. A bunch of old classic movies. You know, oh, yeah. Shows. Yeah. yeah. They were great shows. Yeah. yeah. And great. I, like, I like all the nature stuff, too. I love all that. I love it. As far yeah. as old movies too, I was watching Singing in the Rain last night with Gene Kelly. Loved it. Yeah, yeah, I like those too. I like. Um, I just watched one um, the other night with. Uh, I think it was Fred Astaire and it was one of Fred Astaire and, and Ginger Rogers uh, movies. They 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 did a bunch of them, and I've I'm only seeing like I've only seen a couple here and there, and so yeah. I, I I like I love them. I mean, I was just watching. Um, I was watching the movie The Innocence last night, and it was based on uh, the, the. I don't know if you've heard of the the, the Bly Manor show that like it was a TV series that they kind of copied that show that movie with Deborah Kerr, and and it, and it was in black and white, but it was from 1961, and I made my son watch it with us, and um, you know. He loved. He liked it. I mean, so it's Ooh. like. I mean, I think once when something was good, it's always good, you know. Yeah, Ginger Rogers. I was doing the auto shows before there were Comic Cons back in the 70s. So was John. I did an auto show up in, I think it was Portland, Oregon. And I had to do a, a talk show. I was at the promoting the auto show. And Ginger Rogers was on the talk oh, show cool. with me. Nice. That's I was awesome. blown away. Oh. <laughs> I was on the set of Ginger Rogers. Wow. wow. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about a legend. Do you, do you and John you you've you guys um have been to other events and things together like you, you guys um work together right you were yeah. together over the past three years yeah it's yeah. like Michael you were you were on Shazam like the whole way through from the beginning with John and Jackson both yeah 
right okay i yeah i i mean believe me i've seen shazam and but i i wasn't sure like you know like a lot of like well brian and joanna pang they said they didn't really talk to joanna cameron that much you know because she was always off like filming other parts of the show and they had her stand in and they didn't really get to know her that well so i didn't know if you and and john or you know got to actually like hang out you know while my making the show and and got to know each other you know like way back when not like you know in in the 70s when you were doing the show or if you have got to know each other better now like yeah we're good friends now you know yeah. we made friends over the years we saw each other often uh, but do you live close to each other Comic-Cons. like hmm? you both both are in california yeah he's yeah. in like northern but, central and i'm down in southern yes yeah, about 500 miles isn't it mike about oh. roughly yeah. 500 miles yeah yeah <laughs> um I gotta okay. say, you guys are hilarious together. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember when I, I was driving y'all down the interstate in Lake Charles and uh, somebody cut us off and we had to put on the brakes. And I remember, uh, Michael, you said something like, hey, uh, hey, John, I'm going to holler Shazam and you get out and kick his ass. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> they, were together, they were together yeah. at the same time at the same at, at Lake Charles? Both of them? Yeah, together? yeah. Both okay, yeah. I thought they were both there separately. They okay, that's lovely awesome. wives with them too. Aww. We were there for that the was awesome. You guys are awesome to hang out with. Y'all, y'all so funny. Oh, that, was a fun, that was a fun festival. I enjoy meeting you, Patrick. You're a great guy. You have a good oh. sense of humor. Well, He's a great guy. He's like yeah. my brother. Yeah. daughter, too. A nice girl. She had a good sense of humor, too. Yeah, my beautiful yeah. family. Yeah, she, we loved she her She actually dad. graduates here in uh, May. Oh, really? Good for her. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your uh, your acting careers. Uh, John, I'll start with you. Uh, how did you get into acting? Well, um, at, at the time I got into acting I was actually sort of finishing up on my boxing career and uh, that was that turned out to be, to be kind of a disaster so Uh-oh. I, hap- <clears throat> I happened to be uh, uh, attending a wedding reception uh, right across the street from Universal uh, uh, Universal Studios uh, and there was a casting director there, and uh, I was introduced to him, and and I had a, I had just had a fight, uh, a few days before that up in Boise, Idaho, and I had a, a severe, a pretty severe cut up over my eye, <laughs> and uh, kind of bruised up, and 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 the guy said, the, the casting director said, what the heck you, what the heck is a nice a kid like you doing a, doing a business like that you know and I said well I'm kind of beginning to wonder myself <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, anyway to make a long story short he uh, offered me a chance to work in the movies but it was uh, it was he was a, he cast uh, only extras so I worked so I w- worked the first couple of years as an extra and I, I really enjoyed working extra I had no ambition to be an actor I just was out there among them and watching them film and making a little money at it. And I thought, this is great. Then I got, a, then I, uh, on one of the jobs I was doing, they, they converted, it was, it was, it was the, uh, Lucy show. And they, they converted me to, to an actor because they wanted me to give a couple of lines. So, so I did and got my, my, uh, what they call what we call my the A card. I got my A card, and then I uh, then I decided I worked extra for a little bit uh, longer. But then I decided I wanted to just uh, try acting, and uh, and and from then on I went on, went on and did a few parts here and there, and worked a few. Uh, uh, segments of some of the shows that were like Rockford Files and Canon and uh, Run For Your Life. <laughs> and uh, then I got the job with uh, like on, on Shazam and went, went on from there. Yeah, well, John, you're in so many TV shows. You know, we talked we talked to Brian Cutler about uh, his filmography and your, yours is similar to that. Uh, <laughs> You're in so many of our favorite TV shows we watched, you know, growing up. And uh, I'm going to read a few off so listeners know what I'm talking about. But uh, 
the odd couple, the rookie, SWAT, Cannon, Black Sheep Squadron, Rockford Files, Barnaby Jones, Chips, Remington Steel, Wiz Kids, Scarecrow and Mrs. King, MacGyver, Max Hedrum. I mean, that, that's just a few of them. And uh, that, that was some oh. of my favorite stuff growing up. You, you were busy, man. You did a lot of cop shows. What's up with that? <laughs> yeah. I did a lot of cop shows. I, I played either a cop or a, a cop's uh, adversary, one of the two. <laughs> well, did you have any uh, actors that you looked up to while you were working? You know, like any acting heroes or some you wanted to work with real bad? I think the one that um, comes to mind uh, very quickly is uh, is uh, James Garner. Oh yeah, I did. I did uh, six episodes of of uh, Rockford Files, and I got to know him o- over a period of time yeah, fairly well. Cool. And uh, yeah. he was just a real likable guy. Yeah. <laughs> he was. He 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 didn't have any. Uh, he didn't seem to have any ego at all. He just, you would think he was one, just one of the guys uh, on the crew or something. The way he, he just, uh, very, very likable guy. And I really liked his, I like, I liked the show. So I, I think I really uh, would hold him up as my favorite guy to work with. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, I, not counting Mike and Les, <laughs> <laughs> they were they're, they're my they're my very favorites. They're my very favorites. Well, Michael, what about you? How did how did you get into acting? Well, I decided when I was a kid living in Florida, I wanted to be an actor. So I started studying acting and doing community theater. And I talked to an agent down there in Florida, and she told me the best way to get into acting is go to Pasadena Playhouse, American Academy in New York best acting colleges in the country. So I picked Pasadena Playhouse, College of Theater Arts. And it was a three-year school. And my last year there, the last two months there, actually, I was doing a play with Leon Ames and Lorene Tuttle and Ben Murphy. And an agent was in the audience. And she came down to my dressing room afterwards. And she said, I saw the play. I like what you did. Are you serious about this? Do you want to get in the business? I said, I do. So this is back in 1968. So. She said, I'd like to sign you up. So I signed with her. And literally everything she sent me out on, I got. I was very, very lucky. I thought the business was going to be really easy. Found out later it wasn't as easy as I thought. But I went out. I got Marcus Welby, a couple of episodes of that. I did The Flying Nun. Um, did a couple of movies. My Breckenridge. Everything she sent me out on, I got. I was lucky. Then I got a pilot for a series called Room 222. And signed a contract with 20th Century Fox. I thought, this is really easy. I got a TV series on my, like my fourth or fifth interview. And then I found out later on, I, I didn't have the part that took me out because I didn't fit the characters. They put somebody else in. I also heard it was nepotism. So I wasn't sure what really happened. Mm. So I also heard that somebody's father was working on the show and wanted his friend's son in it. So they gave him the part. I don't know what really happened. but So then I went from that to room 222. And then what really got my career started I did a movie the week called Run, Simon, Run. I played Burt Reynolds' brother. It was an Aaron Spelling production. It was a very small part. But because the fact I played Burt Reynolds' brother, all these young kids started writing to Tiger Beat magazine and said, we saw Michael Gray in Run, Simon, Run. Can you tell us about him? So they started running stories about me. Tiger Beat did. So stories uh, kept getting bigger. Articles, articles kept getting bigger. The pictures kept getting bigger because more kids were writing in. So all of a sudden, I was on the front cover of all these different teen magazines, Tiger Beat plus other ones around the world. But I wasn't doing any acting at that point. Then Shazam came up. Actually, right before Shazam was uh, the Brady Bunch, actually. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. after, I totally yeah. remember you from that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I did forget one thing. The little people. Yeah. At the all same right, time, right, the, mag- right, the teen right. magazines were promoting me. I got a call to audition for The Little People. It was a TV series being shot in Hawaii with Brian Keith and Shelley Fabre. So I auditioned for the part. Brian Keith came in and sat down the auditions and got up and shook his head and walked out. So they said, sorry, you didn't get the part. 
about 10 days later, I got a phone call and they said, he got the part. What happened? They said, well, the part, they, they gave it to a kid who wasn't really an actor and he couldn't act. So pack your bags, you're flying to Hawaii. So I flew to Hawaii. I shot uh, about 28 episodes over there, or 26 episodes. We shot for six months. And then one day, a kid brought a magazine on the set, Tiger Beat magazine on the set, said, Michael Gray, star of the little people. I was not the star of the little people. I was like the third down from Brian Keith and Shelley Fabray. Next thing I knew, I wasn't on the show anymore. So I'm not going to uh, get into it, what happened. But uh, Brian, I guess, didn't appreciate the fact that he was the star of the show. The magazine said I was, so I was no longer the star of the show. Well, that's not your fault. Not my fault at all. Basically. No. It was the magazine's fault. And yeah, you were just too, too handsome, you know? <laughs> yeah. He was intimidated. Yeah. And now I was a teenage idol, but I wasn't working. So then I got a call from Brady Bunch. Will you come play Marsha's boyfriend in an episode of Brady Bunch? I said, sure. I did that. Next thing I knew, they said, my agent called and said, would you consider playing Billy Batson on a TV show called Shazam for Saturday morning TV out of Filmation Studios on CBS? I said, sure. So I drove out to, to Filmation, walked in there, and Les Tremaine was sitting in the, in the office. I didn't even audition. They just said, will you play Billy Batson on the show? So that was the beginning of my career all over again. Room 222 didn't work. Little people didn't work. So now I'm doing a show for three years. I loved it. Got to meet John, hang out with John, become friends. So that's how my career started. And then after Shazam, my career died pretty much because I was so typecast. I would go into interviews. I said, you can't play this part of a psychopathic killer. You're Billy Batson from Shazam. Right. So now the resurgence, I'm working again. I love it. It's fun. <laughs> well, at the height of your fame, when you were on all these magazine covers and stuff, uh, could you leave the house without people photographing you or chasing you? No, it really got to the point where I couldn't. Was, uh, I lived in a high-rise apartment building and there's security down the lobby. So some people walk up and push the intercom button and I look over the edge of my balcony and I see a bunch of people standing down the driveway. They couldn't get in the building, but they'd be standing there. A bunch of girls, they're fans of, of Shazam. They read Tiger Beat. Or security would call me and say, don't come down. There's girls in the lobby waiting for you. So it got to the point where I, I, I couldn't. Sometimes I go out in disguise. I put a mustache on, a hat, <laughs> and glasses. That's awesome. <laughs> so, but Tiger Bee Magazine and, and Shazam, it created my career, basically. So yeah. even though it wasn't fun sometimes, I loved it, you know, because it got my career going. Yeah, do you guys still get um, like fan mail from, you know, people know where you live and write to you and ask you to sign things, that, you know, uh, like from Shazam? Or do you, I mean, do, do you do that at all for, but, but either? Really. The only time we, you know, we went to the Comic-Cons and we people, they want autographs. Okay. Every once in a while, I get a letter in the mail. Yeah, because I know Joanna no, I says no. about she still gets mail from people. I'm not even sure how they find her or get her address. I'm not sure. Um, and, and, and I know, I know years ago, like she, she doesn't, she doesn't do the computer. She's very, um, computer challenged, I guess, too, you know, yeah. we said that. Okay. Oh. And, uh, like when she was first in, in, in Hawaii, um, they, they, she didn't even have the internet, you know, so she, she's only gone to like a couple, um, that, uh, like, like cons, like to meet fans too. Mm -hmm. Um, that's what Patrick had met her before I met her. Like he met her like, like the year before, I think. And then, um, and, and then she stopped going to them, but that, I wondered if like, I mean, I know that you guys know that there's like Facebook pages that are like, um, dedicated to Shazam and ISIS and, um, right. there's, you guys got tons of fans. I mean, but you know, on, on, on both, both Shazam's and I, I, ISIS, like there's the keepers of the secrets of ISIS, but they all love Shazam too. And I, I saw that, um, John had done three ISIS crossover episodes, um, so they all worked with with Joanna too. Um, so I, I just I just was wondering, like you know, she's still getting mail like from people from from that know her from the seventies, you know. And I wondered if you both, you know, if they knew if people tracked you down, you know, it's like if you still, you know, hear from from the those people, you know, the original people, you know, that that watched the show, you know. I don't get too many mail letters at home. Every once in a while I do, I don't know, I don't know how they got my address, but mm -hmm. I do get requests, you know, on Facebook and another, you know, for, for autographs. I, I sold your, I, yeah. <laughs> I sold your address. 
Yeah, well, I, I get, I get, I get, I get, I get gotta buy him dinner now. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, yeah, I get uh, uh, letters every now and then, but uh, but very seldom. But well, but I, whenever we whenever we go to uh, uh, comic cons, uh, we get asked about Joanna a lot. She she's she's very popular out there. She could. Yeah, I don't know. A, if you guys know this, I, I don't know if you, but it was just by coincidence at three o'clock in the morning, like just a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you know who Don Lemon is on CNN. They were talking about the Shazam show because they bumped fists like um, Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon uh, punched each other on the fist and they said Shazam. And and then uh, Don Lemon said, I like the girl. He said, I liked, uh, you know, the the ones, the winds that blow on high, you lift me now. And he, and, and. <laughs> And I could I thought it was dreaming, you know, because it was like three o'clock in the morning. I'm usually not. I mean, the t I have my TV on in the background. And I heard that and I thought I dreamt it. But then I saw somewhere <laughs> online here somewhere in one of the, um, you know, the, the fan pages that somebody else had wrote the same thing. So I knew it was real. And I thought it was cool that they were talking about you guys, you know, on the news, you know, and just out of out of nowhere, you know, so I don't know if you realize like, um, how many people that are like our age, you know, know about you, <laughs> you know, and it's like, and that still have really good, you know, really great memories. You know, I, I've got like goosebumps just like talking to you guys. Cause most of the people that Patrick and I have talked to, I've known them, <laughs> you know, it's like personally, and you two are the first two, I think that I have never met. It's awesome. It's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, John, oh. John, I, I know you were in the Marines, and I want to thank you very much for your service yes. to the country. Uh, do you mind if I ask, what was your job in the Marines? Well, I, I'd like to say I was a uh, special forces guy, <laughs> <laughs> but I was actually a jet mechanic. Okay. <laughs> so I, I, I spent four years walking around a flight line with a rag in my pocket. That's about as big of uh <laughs> That was, that was my Marine Corps career. Well, you, you mentioned earlier that you were a, a boxer. I read that you were you would spar with Joe Frazier, man. What, what was it like sparring with a boxing legend like that? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> that long ago? Huh? No, no. No, I, I remember very well, yeah. Was he the one that gave you the cut in the eye that you they found you on the street? And no, no. Huh? Uh, no, the, the guy that gave me the cut with a guy named George Logan up in uh, Boise, Idaho. And I had a, I had a lot of problems with cuts other than that, just other than that fight. Uh, did you get some, any serious injuries from boxing? No, not really. Uh, did you, did think, you get I any? My, I don't think my IQ went up any, but, oh. <laughs> but, but I, I was lucky to get out of that. It's a, it's a pretty rough racket and I'm, I'm pretty uh, lucky to, uh, then you got out. diverted to another career yeah yeah really i am yeah um i read that um you well you were in the um you were in the second season on chazam and you replaced jackson bostwick and i was wondering like do, were, did you know jackson at all have you have you met him over the years have i you... met him uh af after i was when i first started working on chazam i i wasn't in the greatest shape i was kind of I was kind of a pure, uh, uh, Pillsbury doughboy with a red <laughs> suit, yeah. But, so I went to a gym to start trying to get myself in better shape. And uh, it, it just happened to be that Jackson was in that same gym. So we was, we this, talked. was this after you got the job? Is, that, is this after you yeah, replaced him? Oh. Yeah, after I replaced him. Yeah, was it was kind of awkward. Was it was kinda awkward but... Yeah. Uh, he seemed, seemed to be a nice enough guy, but uh, I don't. Well, I read that he was replaced because he 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 hadn't shown up for filming, and that he was recovering from some injuries from from you know from the show, and then he sued Filmation and he won, and then they had to pay him for the second season on on his remaining contract, and so they were paying two 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 Captain Marvels for you know at the same time I guess so um, I, he 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 probably wanted to continue but you know whatever had happened i so i wondered if it was a really physically demanding um 
you know, like, you know, that role, you know, you did a lot, did you do any of your own stunts and, you know, did you get injured, you know, at all, you know, doing, you know, being Captain Marvel? No, I never got injured. And, and the stunts, stunts that I did were relatively easy. There was nothing really, uh, there was, uh, there, we had a guy, Big John, do you remember him, uh, Mike? Oh yeah, Big, Big John. John. He, 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 he was an electrician. But he also uh, did a, did a few of the stunts that I was. He he, he stood in for me in the stunt uh, department, in other words. And, okay, uh, so you had stunt men, yeah. So yeah, so I didn't really have to do anything uh, really dangerous. Yeah, I, well, see, I asked Joanna that because of the one show that she did uh, called Lucky, where she jumped into the ocean and she swam out to save a dog, and um, she she said she had a stunt person too, but it sure looked like her, you know. So I mean, because yeah. there was like close ups and stuff, so I, you know, that's kind of cool, you know, how they do that. But um, yeah, uh, um, I was wondering about like how they had you fly, like you know, because everybody asks about Joanna. Like she get, I, sh I had a fan that just wrote and asked me to ask her some questions, um, you know, for the podcast that we just did with her about how they rigged her up in her suit and and how, you know with the blue screen and all that stuff. But they had her. She had she was on a um, she was on a bus in some of her scenes. She said. And that made it look like she was up high and then they did have a blue screen for her but they and they did put her on a like a lift I don't know if it was like a forklift and they lifted her into the air but with 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 John I wondered how they had you take off flying like what what did you do you jumped up into the air but like what did you where did you land like what did you land well, on like when you well, there, was, there was like a little uh, tramp a, a, a small trampoline that I jump on and, and then it would look like I was taken off yeah and then when I landed, it was I was usually I just jumped off a ladder into the scene. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so they're both pretty pretty simple. Okay, well that that's it's still cool because I like that I like like the the actual effects of people doing things, not not all the CGI and all the special effects. I think that as kids, you know, it it was cooler to see an actual live person doing a stunt i like doing a scene and 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 flying it was cool you know it was like um that was like the the you'd go outside and play after you watched shazam like patrick you know would go out and pretend he was shazam and i'd pretend i was <laughs> isis as kids you know and yeah. i remember like trying to get the wind to like lift me up in the air you know it wasn't working but um you know you go out there and you know jump off the curb and you know it's like jump off your porch and, and you know think you're flying and it's like it's so much fun well john know? john how did you get the role on shazam did you have to audition or did they just call you in no i i didn't even audition i was uh i was home with my son uh he he was eight years old then and uh we were just kind of trying to decide what we were gonna do to entertain ourselves for the day <clears throat> and the phone rings and it's my agent and he said they want you out at the, on the Topanga Canyon I think it was uh, they're doing a show called Shazam and I I hadn't even heard of it I, I, I knew about Shazam because was, I used to read Captain Marvel comics when I was a kid but I didn't know there was a TV show called Shazam and uh, anyway he said you got to get out there and I was I, I, I was kind of stunned because I thought oh no it's going to be like uh, you know uh, Mr. Rogers or Captain Kangaroo or something I, I thought it's, <laughs> it's going to be something with a bunch of kids in a room throwing cake at you or I don't know what but it really it, it, it really kind of terrified me so i said let me let me just make a couple of phone calls and I'll, I'll call you back and he he said well don't don't take too much longer because they they they're waiting for you anyway i called made a couple of phone calls i i called a friend of mine's uh wife uh because her her son and my son uh were good friends they they played together and and uh, she said oh, i i i 
I've heard of it. I think I think Jenny watches it sometimes, but I'm not too sure what. Anyway, I, I, okay, thanks a lot. And, I, and uh, finally, I I, I call. I, I turned to my son and I said, Tom, have you have you uh, are you aware of a, a show called Shazam? He said, Yeah. And I said, uh, They want me to play Captain Marvel. He goes, Oh, I mean, he just about he he about came unglued. <laughs> I can imagine. So. Uh, so I called my agent back and said, I, I'm not too sure <laughs> about this, but I, uh, if, if, if I can put that kind of excitement in my son, <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. So uh, I drove out there, and uh, I would say within an hour and a half or two hours of the phone call from my agent, I was suited up and <laughs> working on Shazam. Cool. Wow. I, was st- I was still walking around, kind of stunned as I was doing it, and thank God for Mike and Les and, and the whole crew. Really, they were they really welcomed me with open arms, and 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 Mike and Les were just great. They they took me under their under their arms and uh, kind of got me calmed down, and <laughs> and we had a we had a great great couple of seasons. What, was was Shazam on the exact same time as ISIS was on? Like, were they both running at the same time? Like, yeah, uh, it, was, it was called the Shazam ISIS Hour. Yeah. So, so hour. from from very the very first show, they both came on at the same time. Like, one wasn't like a, and and I know they crossed over, but I I didn't know if who was first. Like, if there was one that was yeah. first, or they just came out at the same time. Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure about that. Uh, yeah, because. And then I wondered, like, their sets, you know, like, were they, you guys close together, like, where they filmed, like, so that you could, it was easy for you to get to the ISIS, uh, like, set when they did them, like, when they merged them together? I mean, how did they come to do that? Like, you know, like, the the mergers, like, who decided where it got shot? Like, it, who decided where you were shooting it? And who decided what, you know, you know what I mean? Like, if ISIS was going to well, be on Shazam, or Shazam was going to ISIS, or how, how did... Oh. How did how did that oh, work? That, 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 that's way above my pay grade. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Our pay grade was pretty low. Too. <laughs> okay. All right. I just was curious, like, you know, um, you know, I, I was thinking of some of the episodes that I remember that were, where there was one on the boat where, you know, I know John, that ISIS called, I think ISIS went, sent Tut, I think the, the, the bird to go get Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel was out like lifting a, uh, some uh, trees or something, uh, you know, you know, and and moving, uh, you know, uh, brush around or I don't know, and and, they, and Tut shows up and and call and calls them, and then he comes to help ISIS, you know. I remember that one, you know. Yeah. It had something to do with on a boat, and um, but I didn't know like if it was ISIS always calling you to help her, or if you ever needed her, you know, like it was if it was vice versa, you know. Well, I like, would be up to up to Mike to call ISIS because I don't. I don't do that. I just uh, you just, up and... <laughs> I, you just you, I think you answered the, the, the bird, though. I do. I do think like she sent the uh, tut to come yeah, I, come get you. I yeah. Think I, yeah. I think. I think. Do you I remember? I, I don't remember. But <laughs> yeah, I, I can I picture say, it. I have I like a. I vaguely remember. Yeah. Do you you remember that episode, Patrick? Yeah, where, where yeah um isis was like there was a girl out, out on a boat and her boat like overflowed or something it was i don't know if it was sinking or something or what they had to do and and then she couldn't she couldn't do it all by herself so she called uh captain marvel she sent tut her bird you know to go get him and yeah he was out yeah. there lifting he was out there and then he talked to the bird he said oh like isis needs me and then he like takes off and and he flies and, and and goes and helps save save the day. Yeah, so I oh. loved it. I, yeah, <laughs> I'm glad. It's, I'm glad you got you have a better memory than I do. <laughs> yeah, and I haven't seen it for a while, but I definitely I re, I remember it. Yeah, you're such a nerd, Lisa. <laughs> yeah, Joanna, she she don't remember anything either from the show, the ones that she did. I remember asking her what her favorite episode was, and she was like, I don't know. <laughs> you know so. Well, I, <laughs> I remember when I first uh, met Joanna. She was in. She was in her. I think it was the first one. The first crossover we did. I think, and I was introduced to her, and uh, and I asked her 
very seriously. I said, Joanna, is it is just show pronounced Isis or Isis? And she said, it's Isis, Captain Marble. <laughs> Marble. Is that what she said? She says yeah. is is now. She says that to me, and I don't know what she's talking about because she'll say is is, and I, and it doesn't hit me that she's talking about ISIS, you know. And I'm like, what yeah. is she talking about? But yeah, I, I finally figured it out. But um, yeah, she well, um, she said when they called her to do the show, show, she hung up the phone on them, so she didn't think it was for real. So. Oh my um, god. Well, Michael. On the show, you got to ride that cool dirt bike. Uh, was that just for close-ups, or did they use a stunt person to ride it, or did you get to do it? I rode it myself the first season, and a couple of uh, episodes, they were a little too risky, so they put a stunt guy on it. The most time I was riding it. But the second season, they took it off. And I think the reason might have been because one day during lunch in the first season, I decided not to eat lunch. I wanted to take the little bike. I went out for a ride because we were shooting up in the hills, uh, like way out in West LA, up in the hills. So then you're near Malibu Canyon. So I was riding around on the dirt with the bike and having fun. And a couple of guys rode by me on a couple of big Harleys. And one of them kicked me right off the bike. Oh, geez. I went down the hill. I didn't get hurt because it was a grassy hill. But after that, they said, we're taking the bike away because if you get hurt, we're gonna have trouble shooting the show, obviously. So yeah. I took the bike away after this after the first season. Mm. Why did they get rid of the Harley guys? <laughs> you know, it's like just keep them away from you. You know, it's like exactly, yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Took his, took his toy away. I beat him up. <laughs> yeah. She's called Captain Marvel to come take care of them. Well, exactly. something I always something I always wondered about your uh, shooting schedule. You, you and John both played pretty much the same character just in different bodies so you never had scenes together so did y'all really know each other or, or did y'all have like separate shooting schedules or did y'all hang around and watch each other's scenes how did that work we hang out and watch each other's scenes we had the same yeah, we were, yeah. schedule we okay. basically shot from sunrise to sunset pretty much some long you know, days you know i used to get we up in the morning to get on set like sometimes at six so we had the same, same shooting schedule but, you know, I just stand off to the side. I say Shazam, stand off to the side and watch the scene being shot with John. Okay. And Les or whoever else. And he did the same thing, I think. See, I think it was, it, it was different because, see, like Captain Marvel didn't have to have a day job. Like Joanna Cameron was the science teacher. Captain right. Marvel just come in, you know, when he needed some muscle, you know, and it's like, he didn't have to work a job. Yeah, he, <laughs> he was like, like a, yeah, he just, was a genie in a bottle kind of. Yeah. yeah they had to come and wake me up, you know, just to... <laughs> hey, okay, John, you're on. Move that tree. Yeah. 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 So what did y'all think about the Winnebago? Loved it. Oh, I wish I had that truck, right? I got yeah. van right now. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah, that was one thing when the, uh, the show came on, uh, you know, my brother and I, we, we read the comics, and when the show came on, we, we noticed right away there were some big changes. Like, for one, Mentor, you know, he wasn't really in the comics. And then that Winnebago, and uh, there was no superpowered uh, villains or anything. Is that Was all that because of the budget? They, it was a lower budget, so they had to make those changes? Is that what happened? I, I imagine. I imagine that had something to do with it, yeah. But I don't know, like I said, all those – all those decisions came from up high. Yeah. And uh, Billy never changed shirts. What's up with that, man? Uh <laughs> Actually, I, they had about 12 shirts. <laughs> but I never, they were always the same color, whatever, except they eventually a lot of them got faded out because we're always shooting on location. Sometimes they were turning orange instead of red, so they take that off and give me a new one. But yeah, it was the same shirt, same pants, same shoes, basically. A couple of times there were scenes where I had to get, I got wet. One time I fell in the river, another time I had to jump in the ocean. So they had to take the shirt off and give me another one. But there were about 12 shirts. Yeah, I like that jacket that Les would wear. That was cool. I always wanted yeah, one. Yeah, that safari jacket was cool. Yeah, it reminded me of like uh, Marlon Perkins. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, uh, he did. He, uh, he, did you guys each have your own favorite episode that you did? My favorite was The Little Boy Lost. That was the one where this little kid had learning issues, wanted a puppy. His father wouldn't let him have a puppy. And he got one anyway, and he was stuck on a rock out in the ocean. I had to go out on the rock and save him. Actually, the first time I saved somebody without having to call Captain Marvel, I walked out in the water up to my 
chest in the water, pull this little boy off the rock and his dog. And it, that was my favorite episode, Little Boy Lost. I liked it. The kid was adorable. The dog was adorable. The writing was great. It was one of my, one of my favorite shows. What about uh, um, John? What was your favorite episode? Yeah. Well, I always I always say that my favorite episode was Double Trouble because I was on 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 screen more. <laughs> now, do you guys do you each own the show on on DVD? Do you have it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, have I, you watched it in the last like ten years? Like, have you watched like an, Have you watched it from beginning to end? I haven't. I I know I uh, a couple of years ago uh, uh, a guy was doing a what, what you what you guys are doing right now podcast a podcast Pod, podcast mm-hmm. doing a podcast and he uh, he said he wanted wanted to he gave me a heads up he said if you. If, I want to talk about your uh, your different shows and stuff, you know. So I I dug out those uh, DVDs and got a uh, refresher. Yeah, got a refresher course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, and and so you watched it and watched them all, so you could discuss some of the individual um, episodes with him. I didn't him? watch them all. I just watched a couple of them, so I could, so I could pick them out and and uh, talk and about watch, specific talk things. Yeah, in fact, yeah. exactly. Mike. Uh, Mike was on a, uh, it was like a three-way phone call. Yeah. And uh, Mike and I both were uh, doing did, was that was it, was it put on DVD by, did Andy Mangles, did he produce the Shazam too, or was that just the ISIS one? Patrick? Andy, no, Andy is, he's like, he's like a, a connoisseur of Shazam. He's an expert. And Shazam but he, but was he, he he the one that released the Shazam on on DVD or was that no. just the he first did... time was it was in two thousand and twelve. Warner Brothers bought the rights to Shazam, and they put it on DVD. I know this because I went down to to San Diego Comic Con with them to help promote it. So they did it in two thousand and twelve, and then two thousand nineteen they released it again in Blu Ray and HD. Yeah. So again, they released it, and the same time DC was streaming it in HD. The quality now is actually better and clearer than it was when we first shot it, from what it, from what DC and Warner Brothers have done with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you see, I I knew that. Um, see about the, the Andy Mangles thing because he he knew Patrick and then Patrick knew that I knew Joanna and then he Andy Mangles contacted me to see if I could get Joanna to do the special features and I had her call him, uh, but she wanted paid. Um, you know, to do, uh, you know, this, the feature, the special features on it. And um, the, the budget wasn't very big. And um, they tried working with getting a film crew to come to Hawaii, even to talk to her. And it just didn't work out. And it's very hard to find, um, it, you know, it's like out of production. So like an, like um, a box set of ISIS is selling for like $300, you know, on like eBay. And I see that it's easier to get a hold of Shazam. I mean, you can still get copies like off Amazon of it. And I wondered what right. the difference was of who, who put it out. And I, I figured it had to be more, they had had to have got more episodes than they would have with ISIS, you know? And it's a shame because I don't think that, like Patrick, Patrick and I talked about this. I don't think that, that they know that there's such a, um, a, a, a neat, like a, there's a lot of people, there's a market for it. You know, there's a lot of people that still, you know, love it, you know, so um, you can't get it. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get ISIS, you know. But, see what um, happened now. Since the resurgence, when Warner Brothers released the DVD and then Shazam movie came out. Yeah. DC streaming it and now the Blu-ray. The resurgence is amazing because now people. Want to see the original. They want to see the original. A lot of people are bringing their children and their grandchildren around to watch it, you know, which is quite interesting. That's why there's a resurgence now. The, the people in their 60s who watched it, you know, some have grandchildren, some have children, and they're having their kids watch it. So kids are liking it because it's good quality, you know, good moral value TV. Yeah. Did you guys watch the new movie? I watched yeah. Shazam. So did John. I did. Yeah. Did y'all like it? I liked I, it. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was, yeah. a lot of fun. It was different, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was different. Now they're getting ready to start shooting Shazam Fury of the Gods. Cool. Oh, I didn't know they were doing that. That's going to be interesting. We're, you know, I'm hoping, and so is John, we get a cameo in it. Actually, that, John and I great. did Denver Pop Culture Con. We got to work with Zach Levi and Asher Angel. So we got to work with the new Captain Marvel, 
or Shazam as they call him, and the new Billy Batson. Both really nice guys. We we enjoyed hanging out with yeah, them. Yeah, good guys. Yeah, Zachary's yeah. actually from Lake Charles. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. I'll be darned. Um, oh, go ahead. You know, I, they, I, I, we were talking with Joanna about them remaking ISIS too, because they have that that Black Adam, uh, with, and I think that Rock is going to play him, and then they yes. have um, the the ISIS character is supposed to show up in in that oh, movie. Interesting. I, I don't know, know if you knew about that. Yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. You and know, would... we were telling Joanna about how uh, you guys helped raise us by teaching us every week not to do drugs and not to lie and steal. Not to hitchhike, yeah. <laughs> not to, yeah, do bad stuff. Yeah, do all that, all that good stuff, you know, because of the morals that you would come on and say at the end of each episode. No, that's bad stuff. That's not good that's stuff. Don't, cool. do, don't do all the good stuff. <laughs> that's bad stuff. Yeah. yeah. But, but y'all had a, y'all definitely had a hand in raising us because, uh, yeah. you know, before we stole that candy bar, you know, we'd have a little Michael Gray pop up on our shoulder. <laughs> John Davy and you know not uh, uh, put it back. That's <laughs> yeah, no. right. I I was in the Big Brothers Big Sisters program and uh, you know I I've volunteered for like the Boy Scouts with my son was a Boy Scout and I was a candy striper and I was a camp counselor and I think like shows like that like did set an example and they did uh, have a really good moral and I think it's what's lacking um, today it, with kids they don't have shows like that anymore and i i think it ma it made a big difference you know because if people came from a family that you know they maybe they didn't it wasn't such a great you know they didn't have such a great life you could still at least watch tv and get some uh sense of you know morality <laughs> i guess yeah. you yeah. know i and think i told patrick i think i told you when we were down in lake charles pretty sure i did that almost every single time not almost every single time John and I do Comic Cons, fans come up to us all the time and tell us how the show changed their lives. Some of them is heartbreaking. Mm. They tell us the moral values of our show. Some of them tell me they were told us they were abused. Their parents were alcoholics. You know, they were beaten up at school, picked on. You know, whatever the case may be, and their escape every Saturday morning was Shazam, and they tell us made them better people today. Some people actually told me that we saved their lives. Some thought about committing suicide because they were so picked wow. on by, you know, horrible well, kids at school and stuff. Yeah, it's heartwarming when you hear that. And I had oh, no yeah. idea that she was doing that at the time. No idea. Yeah. Yeah, I don't it's think Joanna very, realized very it either. Yeah. Well, when yeah. when you started going to these comic cons, were, were y'all surprised at how many fans you found that still love the show? I yeah, was away, actually. Again, I was yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Uh, well, John, I, I sent you that email. Uh, I, I'll tell Michael about it. Uh, I sent John this email. There was a guy that contacted me uh, through the festival website, and he told me the story about how he and his brother, they were rescued from drowning in a, a canoe accident. And the two guys that swam out and rescued him, they claimed that they were the actors who played mentor and Shazam on the series. And uh, he said that his mom always told him those guys were lying, you know, that they weren't the guys that played Shazam and uh, mentor, but he said he wondered his whole life if uh, that was the truth or not. And wow. then when he saw that John was going to be at uh, the, the festival, he, he wrote me a email. But anyway, I sent it to John and John said it wasn't, uh, wasn't him. Yeah. So. I should have, I should have, I should have just gone ahead and said, yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> it was the thing to do. I had to do it. Yeah. Was it Michael? No. 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 It was. It was. It must have been two, two entirely different. Yeah, they were just making people. It up, probably. But 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 I kind of have to give uh, give them a little credit for putting a little magic to what they did. You know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they saved the kids, and why not give them a little uh, little something more to sure remember by i want to ask you guys a, a question uh michael uh besides shazam do you have a favorite project that you worked on well after shazam was archer <laughs> oh yeah we hadn't even talked about archer yeah that, that's a very <laughs> i love that was archer. my favorite after shazam because i did four yeah. episodes of archer and i loved it that was a lot of fun working with those guys yeah but i also like doing the brady bunch and you know i mean well well, Michael, I read that you had owned a florist shop. Um, That's right. And do you still do that? 
No. When I, I, and, and, when, I stopped doing, when I stopped acting, basically, because I couldn't get jobs because I was so typecast, uh, met a lady who I ended up marrying, and I figured I got to get a job somewhere to do something that's appropriate to raise enough money to raise you know, a couple of kids and, and support a wife. So we ended up buying a flower shop in West Hollywood and ran out there for a few years and moved it to Beverly Hills. We had a lot of celebrity clients, but we ended up, uh, it got to be too much. You know, I was working literally seven days a week, sometimes 18, 19 hours a day. Mm. It was insane. But we had great clients. Our favorite clients were Ozzy and Sharon Osbourne. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Patrick was, was talking about that. Client. Before Sorry? you, Patrick was talking about that before you guys actually came on. He told me that there was an episode of the Osbournes where you show up on the show and like with a, right. uh, with a bunch of flowers. Yeah. Yeah. Ozzy opened the door and yelled, Sharon, Shazam is here. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Sharon came <laughs> down the stairs, gave me a big kiss. They were so nice. The Osbournes were nice to us. Yeah. They uh, renewed their marriage rights and they did it in Vegas. So we went to Vegas with them. They also did an event at the, at the Beverly Hills Hotel and they invited us to as well. Oh, that's so awesome. We became a good friends with the Osbournes. Plus their office was right next door to our flower shop. John, what about you? Uh, do you have a favorite project besides Shazam that you worked on that you liked? Well, other than the Rockford Files, I think my favorite would be uh, Bob Bob Black Sheep. That was that was a lot. Oh of fun. yeah, I love that series. Yeah. Yeah, I really loved. Uh, I love that era, the actual era. I, I was a big one of the things that made me join the Marines was uh, when I was a kid. I I saw a movie called uh, the flying leathernecks is john wayne with, uh, john wayne yeah yeah that's a good movie so that that, that kind of uh, was, was one of the reasons i joined the marines and uh and and blah blah black sheep was kind of a nostalgic uh, as well as uh exciting uh, project to work on yeah. Well, John, I, I, did, I, did I read somewhere that you were, you got into real estate? Yeah, I, I, uh, I came up to uh, uh, where I live now and uh, I didn't really plan on going into real estate, but I thought, I don't want to, I got to do something. I've, I don't want to re- retire. <clears throat> so uh, I, I was in real estate for about 11 years. Did you like it? I wasn't too crazy about it. It was kind of a dog eat dog. <laughs> yeah, like a very and competitive. I, yeah, but but I, there were certain parts of it. I made some good friends while I was in real estate. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad for that. But uh, as far as the re- actually doing the real estate, uh, work wasn't that exciting we want to thank you both very much for taking the time out to visit with us today and uh hopefully we'll bump into you at a comic-con somewhere soon so but thanks a lot guys well thank you patrick it's been my pleasure talking to you thank you patrick thank you and you too lisa Lisa. yeah thank you it was was great meeting you guys yeah it was so fun just patrick is great we we love staying with him for you know in in louisiana for a few days doing yeah i know i I love yeah. him <laughs> yeah. great guy we're like a week apart yeah. and when we were born he's a week older than me so we're exactly we were do, doing the same things only in different parts of the world at the same time yeah <laughs> so we're, we're we're like this the 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 wonder twins that reconnected <laughs> yeah. nice. both nice people Okay, for our prize for this um, for this week's um, episode, um, we are giving away a copy of the Shazam series on, on DVD. And our code word is Shazam. So send us a private message and send us the word Shazam and you could win a copy. Cool. And we want to thank all of our listeners. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode. And we'll do it again next Wednesday. So we invite you to interact with us on our Facebook page. And feel free to give us some ideas as to what topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. And as we sign off, I want to leave you with this final thought. Oh, elders, fleet and strong and wise, 
appear before my seeking eyes. A poet named John Dunn said, no man is an island. What he meant was that we all need each other. There are a lot of things we can do by ourselves, and it's a good feeling when we can. But it's kind of foolish, and maybe even dangerous, to try to do something by ourselves when we don't know how. Asking for help or advice when we need it isn't a sign of weakness. It shows you're smart. See you next week. Shazam! 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 Golly! Golly! Shazam! <laughs> Gosh, Ali, Ali, Shazam! Gosh, Shazam! 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 Golly, 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 Shazam! Gosh, Golly, 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 Shazam!